On today's show, we've got Andrew Boak from the group No Tag, a classic Kiwi 80s punk group. Um, he's here to talk about punk music then and now. Keep it here on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Oi, oi, oi. Uh, a New Zealand music uh, podcast here with Mr. Andrew Boak from No Tag. Hey, Andrew, welcome back to the country. Uh, thank you for welcoming me. It's, it's great to be back. It's not an official porphyry welcome, but you know, hey, you get what you can get these days, eh? Exactly. Where's my harker? <laughs> right? Okay. You know? Um, I was going to say, um, Auckland in the 80s, you were with uh, No Tag. Can you give us a couple of uh, any fond memories you have around that time in Auckland? Yeah, I mean, we used to have some really nice gigs that. Um, uh, it would be well attended. So, you know, it would be, uh, we'd do a whole weekend, you know, mainly uh, the reverb room up the road here. It was funny, uh, walked up the Edinburgh Castle, still there, right, you know, but, uh, you know, the reverb room used to have us a lot and we would pack that place and, and thoroughly cane the bar, right, you know, and everyone would have a really good time. So, um, you know, it was, it was those gigs, it was full on, right, you know, punk gigs and, and uh, lots of people and lots of drinking, lots of jumping around and having fun. And, um, that that was the kind of that was a good thing. Um, you know, I remember when we reformed after Mark, the bass player, had gone to England for a couple of years, and we did uh, a whole weekend at the Windsor Castle, and that was just full on and, and great. You know, and then I do remember when we played in Christchurch one time at the Star and Garter. It was so full that we were doing like two sets, so we had a break in between, and we couldn't even get to the bar. That's how packed it was, right? So we actually had to ask people to get us a beer and like kind of hand it over each other like a mosh pit, you know, right? You know, to, to, to get a beer at, at half time, as it were. So, how did you manage to um, dive or miss the, the throwing bottles at you? Well, we generally didn't get uh, you know anything really thrown at us or anything else like that. I mean, you know, people did behave, right? There was some level of respect that was pretty cool, and. Um, you know, I did collect a bottle one time on my finger, but you know, it's like it's it survived. But most of the time, you know, there wasn't any objects being thrown or, or any uh, uh, you know uh, um, saliva or anything such like. You know, so it, it was pretty good. How's the, the punk scene now? I suppose you know that was the '80s. I mean, that was just raw. The, the English sound was coming alive, and then the Americans came on, and then you get the '90s had this new punk Blink 182 sort of manufactured bubble bubblegum pop, if you want to call it another lack of another name. Um, how has it changed for you, the punk music and the, and the attitude from when you guys were around the '80s? Well, um, I play in a punk band over in uh, San Francisco, and so you know my my reference point is there. But it's still, you know, it's still that full on. I think, you know, everything's got a bit faster, right? Um, uh, and, and there's that, you know, US uh, hardcore sound is that, you know, like the, the, the extremely fast uh, screaming in your face kind of thing. But there's still that, um, you know, good uh, uh, pub rock, uh, you know, punk rock kind of thing going on. And, um, you know, I don't know what it's like over here in New Zealand, but from what I can follow on, Facebook and so on, there's still a few bands around and, uh, you know, I assume they manage to get gigs here and there all the time, right, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, it's, um, 
I don't know. I, I think, yeah, it, it, maybe it's got a bit faster, but other than that, right, it's still the same attitude. Um, you know, we're singing about the same things, you know, like, you know, um, you know, police oppressions and, and you know, uh, having a, having a, getting absolutely smashed and, and uh, you know, being angry and, and uh, you know, uh, and so on. So I don't think it's really changed. Uh, you know, people, people kind of say that it's changed. I think the, the, the ground level concept has just kept its way all the way through. They're back there that it was a everyone was into that whole gov, you know no government anarchy subscribe if you subscribe to that sort of theory of thought you know do you think it was all just misguided youth and do you think it was a lot of bollocks now when you look back onto it not really I mean I think that the, the you know the one thing that was good about punk was made it made people think and, and think about you know society as a whole and how it's set up and you know uh, government control and police oppression and so on and so on and um, so I think it's still the same, you know. Um, if anything, you know, punk's got a bit more organised, um, you know. But but it really still is. It's just that you know, taking the message to the people, you know, think about your surroundings, you know. Why does your government suck? And if so, what can you do to fix that, you know? And whether it be just uh, you know going out and voting rather than saying oh it's not worth it, right? You know, um, you know, or or supporting a party or helping out with campaigning or. You know, all those kind of things, right? I mean, that's one way of changing government. You know, if you don't like it, you need to change it, right? And unfortunately, to overthrow the government, you'd probably need an army. And uh, and as much as we'd like to say we're a punk army, there's probably not enough of us, right? You know, versus the New Zealand army. So that probably isn't going to happen. But yeah, it is that um, social awareness, I think, is what punk rock does. You know, and, and it points out the, the unfair stuff. And it points out... Um, you know what should be done about it and and so on so you know and, and I think that that's the difference between just regular rock regular rock is singing about girlfriends and this that and whatever else right you know right you know punk rock actually has some social attitude uh, in it that uh, um, you know hopefully people pick up on yeah, yeah. well back in the 80s there was, uh, two, was only two sort of styles I suppose it was uh, the the bop music, boppers. Remember, they used to get the old um, years of boppers, and there were punkers back then, wasn't there? Back in Auckland, pretty much. I mean, again, there's like, yeah, nowadays there's like every single mix-up and mash-up of music and and versions of this and versions of that. And then, of course, you've also got the whole digital age that's allowed uh, you know people to record and and so on. And unfortunately, I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a bit too much of the um, the very average bad hip hop. And that people make because it's so much easier to make electronic music, uh, you know, on a computer than it is to get a guitar and make noise and record that and so on. But it can be done, you know. Um, and and you know, I think yeah, back then there was really like it was like either the the, the pop music, well not the pop music, but the the groove, the bop, right, or or the punk, you know, or the rock, you know. So and I always say that you know what we were doing you know you may call it oi you may call it punk you may call it whatever but really it was just fast loud noisy rock and roll you know so it fits into that genre you know the one two three four kind of thing and um and it still remains that way you know right there are differing versions of it you know and uh you know you get your straight edge you got your hardcore you've got your you know this this core and, and then yeah exactly all the skaters and so on um but it's still, you know, in essence, it's still punk rock, you know, right? It's just good, good, fast, in your face, loud, noisy rock and roll. I see the Exploited coming back over uh, for Australia New Zealand tour, Wattingham, and also UK subs have been playing, Peter Testu Babies, 
GBH. Um, are we creatures of sentimentality? Is that why you guys, you know, when all is gone, you know, you look back at those memories and is that why you guys are doing the gig? Uh, I, I think that's kind of, that's a good point, but I don't think that's really what it is. I mean, you know, we have the opportunity to do it. Uh, we, you know, we want to get up there and do it. We're not playing a whole bunch of songs. We're, we're going to be, you know, middle of the lineup uh, on the night. Um, but it's really just to, you know, get back and, and for us to get that groove, you know, um, which I think we're going to be able to attain and, you know, to then be able to give that to the people that attend. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands. They're still around. I mean, the, the whole thing about the Exploited is they've been going for that long. They haven't like really stopped, you know. Um, the whole thing about Peter and a test tube baby, same thing. And you guys are really lucky because New Zealand is far away. It costs a lot of money for bands to get across here just in plane fares alone. So the promoters that go out and actually get these people in, I mean, uh, um, Tim Edwards and Kevin McIngue are working with me on this gig. But, you know, they, they take a punt. They, they take a gamble because they've got to come up with a lot of money up front. And, um, you know, it's good that people support it, but people should really support that because they're, they're doing a lot behind the scenes just to be able to get bands like that, UK subs and so on and so on, over here. And, and you know, it's, it's quite an undertaking. And, um, you know, so, yeah, it's, 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 it'd be nice if No Tag had gone on and on and on, but, you know, I, we, we went to England seeking fame and fortune, um, never found it, and, and kind of, you know, petered out at the end of the 80s. But coming back and doing it again, just rehearsals so far, it's been pretty groovy. It's, it's you know, it's got its feel back again, you know, and and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Is it therapeutic as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, my my catchphrase is musical therapy is a must. Um, to me, you know, one of the reasons I still play uh, actually in two bands over in San Francisco. Uh, one I play guitar in called Skin Effect. Um, that's kind of wall of noise, guitar-y stuff, and then uh, another one I actually play bass in is the punk band uh, Blank Spots. All right, and uh, it's a three-piece up and atom, and you know I, I I get a total buzz out of it. And and if I didn't do it, I, I would be punching walls or punching people or or whatever, just a danger to society. You know, being being yeah, exactly punching hippies. No, uh, cutting their hair off at least. But uh, um, no, the 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 opportunity to play music. And express yourself is is something that, that is is very precious to me, and uh, you know, I, and I, I like to share it with people, and that's that's why we get up on stage, you know, and do it. One of my favourite punk, one uh, well, no tag songs, is "Fire on the Fifth Floor," and I suppose now thirty something years later, I can ask you, what was that song about? You know, that song was actually, if I'm correct, we were round at Paul the Singer's place and we were watching an old black and white movie about an artist. And, and, you know, detective thriller kind of thing, right? And we kind of scraped out the, you know, got a piece of paper out and, and wrote the lyrics. Like that. I, think, I think Mark, the bass player, wrote most of the lyrics. And that's where it came from. So it was just, you know, like, you know, write about an arsonist, kind of fictional, but uh, yeah, but also, you know, build, build a pretty strong song around it too. That's a great song. I mean, the, it's quite a real anthem of a song, that one. Are you guys going to be playing that, hopefully? Or can you give much away? Um, I can give a little bit away to say that we, we won't be doing that one, you know, right, yeah. But, um, but you know, we, we, we're going to be doing some of the old ones, a couple of new ones, and, uh, you know, um, you know, people people will get into it. People will recognise all the songs, or most of the songs. 
Um, now, back in the 80s, he also had a uh, show with Neil Cartwright, Resurrection Punk Show, which a lot of people listen to religiously. For the latest uh, music that he had, Dead Man's Shadow, Vice God, whatever, Andy Pasty. Um, there was one show I remember in particular where you um, played Big Country's Chance. Son, do you remember that? No, not off the top of my head. Yeah, right. I thought it was a real gobsmack. I was like, what the hell is this? It's like in the middle of this punk show, then all of a sudden comes this real slow Big Country song, Chance. And it was one that you chose, and I thought, that was ballsy. Put that on there, Big Country on there, Chance. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was probably because I, I, I really loved the guitarist, uh, you know, when he was in the skids. And um, so, you know, there might have been something there. I, I can't remember playing it, and it seems strange that I would play it, you know, because it was pretty full on. The Resurrection Punk show was great because Neil Cartwright was able to get lots of very rare records sent to him from overseas. And so we could, you know, play that. And, and you know, then there was all the classics that were released here in New Zealand that we could chug along with as well. And, um, you know, uh, to me, it's great that uh, Phil Armstrong's still doing the, you know, the essence of punk show on, on B. You know, there is still a punk show, albeit, you know, Monday nights now. And, and uh, in fact, I think I'm going to join him this Monday. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be picking a few tunes, being a selector, yeah. right? And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was good back then, it's good back then. And, and once again, it's, it's people got to realize that, you know, this is actually a precious thing, you know. You could have radio playing pop music at you all day long, but you haven't, thanks to the BFMs and, and you know, the other stations that have, you know, the genres that they, they stick to, right? You know, New Zealand, Auckland is very lucky in the amount of radio stations it has. And it's very lucky to have BFM for sure. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, like you say, it's a slice of New Zealand history as well, music history of that time, the eighties and uh, late eighties, with a lot of great bands that came out of that time. Are you still in touch with any, or do you still network with any bands still now, like from that time, from that era? Well, you know, I know uh, a lot of people, you know, through the good old crack book, um, and uh, you know, if. If bands come across and, and play in San Francisco, you know I'll go and see the Clean and say hi to them. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know they're one of the best New Zealand bands ever, right? You know, and, and so it's great to go, be able to go out and see them in your hometown, or, or my chosen pseudo hometown. I mean, my hometown is here, but um, uh, yeah, I mean I keep in touch mainly through Facebook and and um, and you know see what people are up to and everything else like that, right? You know. I mean, the bats came over when I saw them, um, but, but yeah, and there's lots of people that I'm friends with on Facebook who were out of the old punk bands of, of all the 80s and everything else like that. So yeah, keep in touch, you know, through social media. You, you're in San Francisco, obviously, been there for a few years. Is this like a self-imposed exile for you, or are you just grown to love, love the country or the people over there? Well, no, I was very lucky. I worked uh, in, when I was in London, I worked for Rough Trade Distribution, which was the indie distributor of, of just about every indie record and, and of every genre, uh, uh, you know, punk-wise and whatever else and so on, and the Smiths and Depeche Mode and all that. And they transferred me over to San Francisco um, to run their operation there. And I liked San Francisco because, you know, one, we'd gone through there on our way to, to London when we, and we, did the, when we did the Dead Kennedys um, backing vocals thing. But San Francisco is exactly the same latitude, the other side of the equator, as Auckland. And the climate's the same. And the geography's the same. It's got a big harbour, right, you know? And the floor is the same. Around the corner from my place is a row of Pahutakawa trees, right, you know? So yeah, the, the uh, city of San Francisco planted 5,000 Pahutakawa trees in 1970. 
and there's like you know most of the gardens are the same and so on and to me environment makes people and so you know it's really comfortable for me to live there um, because you know it's got that same feel right you know and uh, um, uh, you know but there's a few more TV channels and definitely a lot more uh, you know venues and gigs and punk gigs and all that kind of stuff that you can go to right and so yeah I, I, I kind of enjoy it that way but you know in reality my home is here in, in Auckland also where we lost that yacht race blew those chances with against the Australian skipper as well well yeah I, I, I believe it or not I was actually back here in the country when when the final was on yeah so uh, I wasn't able to go but I did go down to the waterfront and see uh, um, you know some of the uh, uh, early uh, uh, what the Louis Vuitton and you know phenomenal racecraft basically you know right but 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 a bit over the over the top you know what I mean right you know Right, I, I prefer the... It's two boats, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I also, like, I prefer the, uh, you know, match racing is good, but I prefer the uh, longer, you know, 70-foot uh, America's Cup-class yachts. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah out in the harbour, not, not uh, you know, in the bay, you know, so, yeah. Um, elevator music's giving me a bit of a headache, to be honest, Andrew. Um, well, I, su- I suppose a lot of time is drawn to a close, almost. Um, is, can I just ask you a question? Uh, what, where do you see... What the demise of the band and not being at, not making it overseas? What what do you put that down to? You know, it was pretty much because we were green. You know, we didn't really know what we should do. We didn't know, you know, that we should be recording demos and pushing them on uh, record labels. We didn't know that you know we really needed a manager to get us gigs and just that kind of thing. And and you know, it's I think it's important for the uh, New Zealand bands that do go overseas that they have a bit of a plan of action when they get there you know our, our plan of action was get there but there was no real plan of action when we when we'd actually got there and so on so you know we rehearsed religiously for four years but we'd only play a gig every once every four months and we'd only get that because you know a friend of a friend of a friend had asked us to play it so you know and and that was really it it was almost like frustration that ended up that that made us um uh you know call it a day because uh you know it just it just wasn't happening but but a lot of that was our fault, you know, or, or, or not not I wouldn't say our fault, but um, more uh, just through not knowing, you know, what really was the game to play in, in music. How difficult has this reunion been to put together for the band? Um, not too bad, um, you know. It's good because this is the first time that everyone in the band has said yes to doing it, right? You know, I've, I've proposed it before over the years, and we have. Uh, had times where we've got together in a rehearsal room just by ourselves and had a, had, had a jam. Um, Always one person who doesn't. Well, it, 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 it comes and goes, and there's there's reasons, you know. But um, but you know, this is the thing. At least this time around, everyone said yes. Um, we're getting it together, and you know, rehearsing and, and so on, and it's coming together really nicely. And uh, you know, it should be a pretty good show. You know, it's not going to be in a in a fake pub like you did at TVNZ Studios, is it? No, this is going to be a real pub, the King's real real beer. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I even know the bar manager's actually uh, stocking up more of uh, certain beers, knowing that our crowd is coming in. Yeah. Excellent. Andrew Boak, much appreciated. Thank you for coming to talk to us today. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Andrew Boak for No Tag in San Francisco. See ya.